Hello and welcome to Inside the Hive. I'm Jason Stockwell and this show's about robotics. So Inside the Hive focuses on three things. Stories, technology and people. This week I'm joined by Jacques Bonfrère. Hi Jacques, how have you been? What are you going to talk to us about this week? Yeah, fantastic. Thanks Jace. Thanks for having me. I'm excited to talk today about uh, about the world of robotics and, uh, and, and, and yeah, I guess uh, some of my personal um, passions and beliefs about the industry. So Jacques, the way this is going to work is we're going to structure it to, to, to see your background and then we'll go on to talk about what you're currently doing and finally we'll touch on what the future of work holds. So let's go right back to the beginning. How did you start out into robotics? What were your first footsteps? Robotics for me started a long time ago actually. Um, I've always been fascinated uh, with technology uh, and, and I, my career has started with digital marketing in the kind of uh, SEO boom and concept marketing boom and uh, looking at the next phase of where I anticipated in the world as it was, was heading, um, I guess looking at the digitalization of, of objects, of, of, of real life things that you can touch. Um, Digitalization and the internet is something we don't see. We see the effects of it, we feel the effects of it, but you don't see things moving, you don't see things behaving and responding in, 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 in line with the digital instruction. Um, so I'd say uh, probably about five or six years ago when I was in Amsterdam and I was working in an events industry, we were looking at it very much through the digital lens. So how would events become digitalized? How would real life environments, face-to-face engagements change through digital um, transformation? And inevitably during that process, robotics, uh, autonomous systems, AI-based systems sat you know, very much within our, our kind of peripheral of thinking and, 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 and mine uh, on a personal level. Um, and, uh, and so, yeah, I've been uh, watching the space and waiting for the, the time to come where, where robots become a, uh, a universally accessible thing and, and something that we can see on an everyday basis. So you've very much gone from that international lifestyle to Bristol. And I don't mean to disrespect Bristol. I'm, I'm from here. You can probably tell by a thick West Country accent. But how did you end up here, the lab? Yeah. Um, how long have you got is my answer. To that. It, it, it's... Um, yeah, like 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 anything in life, you uh, you, you you row the river and uh, see where it takes you. And uh, it, so it wasn't a kind of prescripted or, or, or preordained process that I was following. I wasn't on some some core heightened mission to uh, to, to arrive at the lab. I, I didn't know that the lab existed back then. I certainly um, wasn't aware of you know tech and kind of hardware incubators like what what exists here at the uh, at the Bristol Robotics Lab. Um, but I guess I always had a, a vision to, 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 to build a tech company um, and my, my, my inner passion was to build a different type of tech company. I didn't just want a sort of SaaS based solution and, and coming from the marketing world, I was surrounded by you know, a lot of different MarTech solutions with email marketing, with uh, social selling um, software, um, with the automation of marketing generally. That you know, was very um, accessible to me. I knew a lot of people in that world, but it wasn't something that ignited me. I wanted to build something in technology which was doing something different. Um, so uh, so that's why I feel so excited and passionate about what, what, what we're doing. I'm sure we'll come on to that um, shortly. Um, but I guess um, 
the, the, the sort of steps from the event company to today, uh, you know, I, I moved uh, from Amsterdam where it was a very international environment. Again, through working with uh, Asia offices and colleagues in, in different parts of, uh, of Asia, I had the opportunity to travel and experience um, working cultures. And you can see, you know, a lot more hands-on there, I guess, um, in the flesh, different sorts of automation and robotic um, things in terms of gamified education, in terms of um, logistics and transport, uh, they are, you know, have been ahead for, for quite some time, particularly in places like Korea and Japan. So um, that, that really ignited my, my belief that actually this uh, sort of robotics world wasn't something too, too far ahead and, and it's something that we're going to experience really within, within this decade. So I moved uh, from, from Amsterdam to, uh, to, to, to London um, to try to get more into the kind of tech silicon roundabout uh, they call it uh, so the sort of old street shoreditch hackney kind of triangle um, of course i can picture you in that hipster area you got it the real hipster areas i was i was i was a hipster wannabe um moving to uh, to shoreditch so so i i i i uh, I, I, I embarked on that period of my life um where I realised I wasn't that hipster when I was actually surrounded by other hipsters, um, so that that was funny. Um, uh, and 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 it, again, one of the, the the things that struck me was, you know, things are not always kind of what they appear to be from uh, from, from from the outside. So, whilst there's some you know amazing businesses and and, and opportunities in, in a huge city like London, for me it didn't quite feel like home. It didn't quite feel where I wanted to um, to, to 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 sort of take the next you know big chapter and journey of my career on so um so uh, so i was working for for a very large uh, corporate uh, company huge big big to be uh, media and information business and um i guess uh you know that, that 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 was really kind of aimed at building um online communities and and, and marketplaces um Again, looking at events, but but also with sort of subscription-based content platforms. So uh, so so having kind of seen the London world and and the whole sort of uh, digital tech takeover um, happening live, you know, in the city of London, um, I, I I I made the decision to um, to leave London, um, and, and and because of my uh, my other half moved to uh, to South Wales. Um, but that gave me the opportunity to 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 see what was happening in Bristol and and, and get familiar with with the tech scene here, and, um, and and quite quickly, you know, at that point, I, I I saw that unlike what I did experience in London, which is very software based in terms of uh, in in terms of tech companies, there was a real emerging um, robotics and hardware scene here in all walks of robotics. So um, you know, soft robotic technologies exoskeletons and, 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 you know, real kind of healthcare technology through to, to drones. Um, so, yeah, I saw all the pockets of Bristol. And, of course, you, you can't be in that ecosystem without being familiar with Bristol Robotics Laboratory. So, so, so the kind of last step in the journey to get to here, really, was, um, was working for a publishing business. Um, and that, that company launched a uh, robotics uh, media business and uh, and that that kind of opened my eyes to um, this whole sort of industry 4.0 um, situation and, uh, and 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 kind of robotics in manufacturing. That kind of gave me a focused part of robotics to to, to, to become familiar with. 
and then having having left that business and, and, and explored the sector further, now here at um, Bristol Robotics Laboratory, um, absolutely delighted to be here. It's uh, you know uh, an amazing place, so many amazing people doing incredible jobs, building amazing technologies that are you know potentially completely life changing for so many people. So yeah, so that's uh, a bit of an overview, uh, but uh, yeah, hopefully that gives you an idea of what the journey into uh, landing. This, this this opportunity in Bristol Robotics Laboratory. How, how did the idea behind BotHive come about? And what were the core focuses in, in making it happen? So BotHive is a, uh, a full end-to-end solution platform that we're building for the robotics market. Um, and we're basically building a, a whole business purchase cycle, um, f- starting from discovering the right robot and becoming aware of robotics in a very early stage uh, search engine platform um, through to you know actually facilitating the purchase and, and transaction of, of a robot in an e-commerce model all the way through them to um, providing installation implementation um, support for, for a, a, an SME buyer of robotics um, and looking at the, the, the ongoing training support and adoption of, of, of robotic technology into businesses, um, primarily into SMEs. Um, so really we're a, we're a one-stop shop for SMEs to, 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 to start their journey on, um, on how to bring robotics and automation solutions into their business. So we've just launched the platform actually, um, uh, and uh, we're going through a series of kind of bug tests and, um, and deployment features that we're rolling out over the next uh, two months. Um, so, uh, so it, just to have our site out there and start having users looking and, and searching for different robot solutions on our platform um, is a kind of first mini milestone for us as a, as, a, as a brand new startup. So you were telling me earlier about BotFest. Can you share with our listeners what that was? Yeah, um, we, we actually had a launch event called BotFest, um, which um, was, was at the tail end of, uh, of last month in June, um, based in Cardiff called BotFest. Um, Basically, it was a it was an innovative uh, events concept that we uh, that we built. Um, so basically, we looked at a sort of normal Saturday street food and live music event, and we thought, hey, could could, could we put some robots and collaborative robot technology into that framework? With the idea really to basically show two things: firstly, that the technology is diverse and can be adapted and rolled out and deployed into environments outside of environments that we would you know currently or may may ordinarily associate with being a robot home so factories and warehouses laboratories and sort of clean room areas into a kind of you know standard uh, alternative uh, outdoor venue like somewhere where you would host a, a street food venue uh, so that was the first thing the second thing really then was how do we show people that might not come into um, to robotic technology on an everyday basis, um, who may not even have seen what a robot actually looks like, um, or certainly not be familiar with uh, a collaborative robot um, and, and the benefits of, of, of those products, um, and, and put them into environments where um, they can actually see it, touch it, feel it. So we had a whole series of things going on. We had, um, we had collaborative robots pouring bi- uh, pints and, uh, and beers for, 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 for the attendees working and supporting the, the bartenders in, in, in the, uh, the microbrewery. We had um, a Scotch egg company called Holy Yolks. Uh, we had two universal robot arms working and supporting um, uh, the, the, the Scotch egg making, um, which was really interesting. Um, 
And then we had some real kind of out there fun as well. So we put a, um, a Frankie Remica Panda into a band who were playing um, live music. Um, so we, we, we did some soft programming and got Panda to, uh, to support with playing a few keys and notes on a keyboard, which was, uh, which was great fun. Um, it's turned out really well. Um, and then we just we also offered a platform for some of the kind of newer, uh, more innovative, um, uh, early stage tech robotic businesses to showcase their products and get some feedback from from every everyday consumers. Um, so there was there was talks going on, there was education sessions, um, mini workshops. Um, so there's a whole feat of uh, robotics, and 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 we really try to shine, you know, positive fun light on the whole on the whole industry. Through through that standard kind of street food uh, Saturday afternoon vibe environment, um, and collaborated that with 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 putting robots into that. Hey listener, so since we recorded this podcast, Jack's released a video on Botfest. If you want to check that out, there'll be a link to it on the Bot Hive website. That's bot-hive.com. So within robotics, you've got a personal passion. Does Botfest reflect what that is? So absolutely, yeah. I mean. Um, Robots being this alien uh, concept to people is 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 really um, not what what we're about as a business as a team, and, and certainly not what what my personal passion is. Um, you know, we we believe that robot technology should be and is available to everybody. Um, we just need to bridge that gap, both in terms of the kind of media and social perception of it. And also in terms of some of the more pragmatic things like cost, access to training, so on and so forth. Um, so, so absolutely, yeah, a massive part of a bot fest was to um, was to remove those barriers, and and that's exactly what we're passionate about doing and attempting to do with BotHive. So, in the next five or ten years, what are you most excited about coming out and and, and really changing the world? Yeah, it's a great question. Um, you know, and, and and it's something that we're um, that we're we're definitely going to be um, working on part of Botfest, as I said earlier, was really about making robots accessible to, to, to everybody, and 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 believing in and making that uh, vision become a reality. We believe we can help people that previously might be struggling with illness, with um, lack of um, amenities and, and 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 accessible transport, food, um, all all the basics and, and and essentials of 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 healthy and happy living. Um, by making robots accessible uh, on a social basis, we believe that um, we can we can solve some 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 real big problems. Um, not overnight, of course, but things that we've not been able to um, to turn our, our human uh, capability to. Um, so things like um, inspection um, for you know certain environments um, are, are very prohibitive. So just thinking about. Um, you know, scanning and inspection of underwater environments, for example, or um, environments in mountainous areas that we we, we, we can't get to easily, um, or, or perhaps not able to get to at all. Drones and 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 you know, uh, manned and unmanned vehicles now offers the opportunity to be able to 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 to, to, to create reach and um, accessibility to things we weren't previously able to. Um, and once we've done that and found that you know landmark, I think the capability of what we can offer people and the planet are, are endless. Um, so um, we're we're at the early stages, in my opinion, of of 
of, of connecting the first few dots. But once they've been connected and we've created those links, we can we can go and create some um, some fantastic solutions to to problems we've you know a been creating like plastic in the oceans and and, and you know damaging our our our, our planet through to um, exploitation of workers in in, in factories and uh, with overworking etc. Um, we can now you know hopefully remove a lot of that away from 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 where we are today in the next five ten fifteen years. A lot of those issues there are things that robots can play a direct part in right now. And do you think we're starting to see a shift in this country with Industry 4.0? So I've just spoke quite a lot about about the future. I mean, looking at it today, what you know, what where are we? Um, I think, um, and this is this is incredibly exciting because for quite some time there's been a lot of conversation and, and, and um, attention given to the headline Industry 4.0. Um, many people in the industry have felt, certainly here in the UK, that that's um, still quite a mythical heading and it's not actually something that, that we can see happening um, now or even anytime soon. That said, I think what's really exciting about, about where we are today, it feels in the last six to 12 months that there's been you know, a real turn in the, in, in the cog and um, we're speaking to SMEs you know, regularly and um, that, you know, they might not be telling us that yes, they've they've already put robots into their into their production or into their automation um, processing, but they're thinking about it and they're aware of it, and so we're um, we're 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 seeing the 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 the, the growth opportunity um, is now upon us, and um, and that's 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 hugely exciting. Um, so um, so for SMEs now, I think. Um, you know, we are facing quite a difficult time in terms of labour shortage. Unemployment rates are um, the lowest they've ever been. Um, we've obviously got the big B word looming, which uh, has been looming for a long time, but uh, um, it, it's looking, you know, more and more likely that it's it's happening uh, this side of Christmas. So um, that definitely offers a lot of uncertainty to uh, to the manufacturing community, um, and so. You know, no longer are our people, our businesses, in a position where they can completely lean on bringing other uh, human resources into their business to solve some of the problems um, or, or, or potentially grow their business in terms of production. So, um, so I think there is a, a wide acknowledgement now that uh, robotic technology is 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 an alternative, and um, it's no longer as expensive and as uh, heavy duty as it was 10, 15, 20 years ago. People of manufacturing companies in particular do seem to be becoming um, more and more aware of this. Um, so it's a great opportunity for, for for robot businesses, whether you're you know a large player that's been around for a long time that's uh, um, well coveted in, in in terms of the industry, or whether you're a new early early stage um, you know business uh, working in, in in drone technology, or you're a new cobot business, for example. Um, we now feel that the SME market is is ready to to, to embrace uh, robotics. Um, so uh, so yeah, hugely exciting time. Thanks very much for joining me, Jack. It was a pleasure to sit down with you. No, it's been a pleasure, Jason. Yeah, thanks for having me. For more information on Bot Hive, you can go to bot-hive.com and look out for the next Bot Fest as well. I think Jack might be doing another one. Any excuse for a Scott Jack and some music? You can tweet me at JJ underscore Stockwell. 
and connect with the podcast at We Are Bot Hive. That's across Twitter, Instagram, LinkedIn, and Facebook. This podcast was recorded at Bristol Robotics Lab. I've got the tour, and trust me, there are some fantastic, innovative products around there. They've got a whole drone flying area where they test out loads of cool stuff. If you've got any questions or comments about the show, feel free to fire me over a tweet. We'll read every response we get and try and get back to you as well. That's all for this week. I think a colleague of mine's pulled together a story for next week, so be on the lookout for that if you really like Disney. Other than that, enjoy your week.